Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. All right, if you want to flip to the front of your bulletins, um, we'll be reading first from Matthew 5, uh, verses 33 through 37, and then James 5, verse 12. So if you want to read with me in your outdoor voices, that would be great. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Before you guys sit down, come over here, Zena. This is my friend, Zena. And Zena has followed the Lord's leading in her life, and she's taking a one-year break from her nursing school to pursue her relationship with God in the mountains of New York in the Adirondacks. It's not been an easy decision. It's been a big one. And she's going to go do a year-long discipleship program over in the Adirondacks. If you would extend your hand towards Zena, we're going to pray for her this morning. God, you love Zena so much. And according to your word, you formed her and you knew all about her even before she was born. Born, You put her in this place and time so that she would grow closer to you. Thank you for her faith journey that we've gotten to be front row of what you're doing in her life. And as she goes over to New York to pursue you, thank you so much for her obedience. I know you're going to bless that, Lord. Thank you for the program lift at Camp of the Woods, all the leaders there. Give Zena wisdom as she goes into this. Give her strength as she climbs all of the high peaks over there in the uh, Andirondacks. Thank you so much for these programs and these opportunities. We love you, God. Thank you for Zena and her story and her journey. It's just encouraging to us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you, Zena. You may be seated. You, Zena. Thank you, guys. So, think of some of the famous brothers in Scripture, right? Probably the first ones, not great story, but famous brothers were Cain and Abel right? Then you go a little bit further. There's some more brothers and whatever, but then you got maybe Jacob and Esau, right? Pretty famous brothers. You go flip into the New Testament. You got some other famous brothers. You know, you got Peter and Andrew. You got James and John. But then you come all the way to us. Think about some musical brothers. The Allman brothers, right? The Jonas brothers. <laughs> Boo, come on, they're pretty good. Um, there's all these, you know, different Brothers, the Hanson brothers, thank you, thank you, thank you. All of them, just, yeah, just stop. Um, But different brothers, but I want you guys to take your bulletin for a second. Bring it out. These, look in the front, the the passage of scripture you guys just read, these are two brothers. This is Jesus, the son of God, and James, his half-earthly brother. 
This book has been so encouraging for me to dive into, and here's why. You might be sitting here today and like, nah, this Christianity thing, this Christ thing, not for me. That's okay. James grew up with the Son of God, and it was also not for him. He did not put his faith in Jesus till later. You might be someone that have been in church every Sunday. That was me. I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday. My dad was the pastor. My mom was the organ player. I've been to every single thing the church has ever done. But it wasn't until later in my high school years that I really put my faith in Jesus for my own. James was the same way. James had been to every church service. James was a good Jewish boy. He had learned the Old Testament in elementary school. Who's in elementary school over here? Yeah? James had to memorize the book of uh, um, Exodus. So when you go back, I want you to read the book of Exodus. He, he knew that by heart, so good luck. Um, James was a good church boy. But James did not put his hope, faith, and love in Jesus until he had an encounter with the love of the risen Savior. And that is a big deal. So if you're here and you have not had that encounter, it's our prayer that maybe this outdoor experience, maybe something from God's word today has been shared with you, that you have an encounter with the love of God. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and Jesus committed his life. See, up until then, James just felt like Jesus was some goody two-shoe that got everything, all right, and was like perfect. Maybe you feel that way about Jesus and Christianity. I know I did going to it my whole life. I was like, this ain't working out well for me, you know? I was kind of a rebel. Um, or maybe you're someone who's done everything perfect. You need an encounter with Jesus. That's what I love about the book of James. It's short and it's punchy. Well, today's passage is really bizarre, it's really unique. It's just kind of doesn't go with anything else in James chapter 5. Now, every now and again as a communicator of God's word, this is what I do. I communicate God's word each week, and I'm prayerly, prayerfully all the time saying, Lord, speak me, speak through me. Don't allow me to speak. But once in a while, a passage of scripture is just directed right at me. And so today's sermon is going to be right at myself, and you just get to watch me talk to myself. Now you'll know what it's like being married to me because I do it all the time, right? Talk to myself. So you're just going to literally get to be watching the Holy Spirit talk to me. Now I hope and pray that it encourages you, that it convicts you in your life. As we look in this, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do not swear by heaven or by earth. What a weird, what a weird thing. This is a really, really bizarre passage of Scripture because James is on this nice thought, beginning of chapter 5, and that's what we do with our finances matter. We went over that a couple weeks ago, and a lot of times we have a tendency to read Scripture like what we read about in first of, of, of the first of the book, or first of the chapter in James chapter 5, and we think, that's for somebody else. I'm not rich. That's for my really rich neighbor that's not really good with his employees or her employees. May I remind you, just listen for a second. You hear that? All of you came to church, except for those that hiked, on a $10 million gondola. <laughs> the messages in the Bible about wealth are for everyone sitting here, me included. Okay? 
So we worked through that, and James had this really cool thought about wealth. It's not wealth. It's what we do with our wealth. And having wealth is scary because it gives us opportunity to scratch this itch that is actually put there by birth to lead us to God, to lead us to the need, right? Did you hear that Psalms 50 that they sang? 90. Psalms 90. Satisfy us with your love. The problem with us rich people is we can find so many things that almost satisfy, so close, that's why Jesus said it's harder for a rich person to go to heaven than it is for a needle to go through the eye of a candle. What did I just say? For a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Did I just say through a candle to go through the eye of a camel? Ouch. Anyway, see, you guys are paying attention. Um, that's why Jesus said that. Because we have an opportunity to scratch the itch. People in third world countries cannot satisfy themselves right? With their great wealth, they have to turn to the Lord. You and me are not figuring out, or you and me are not worried about where our meal's going to come from. Do I look like I worried about where my meal came from? No. And so James was on this thought about wealth and how wealth is a scary thing because it keeps us from putting our faith in Jesus. And then he goes into this other thing later, but right in the middle He literally says, above all, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't swear by heaven or by earth. What in the world? Have you ever, how many parents in the house? How many parents in the house? Have you ever been parenting your child? Or I don't know, maybe you have an interaction at a store or a coffee shop and you say something and in the middle of it, you don't even think about it. But when you leave the situation, you're like, oh my word, that was my father. I just sounded just like my dad. I said the same thing my dad said. That is creepy. Have you guys had that? Parenting really brings it out. Parenting really brings it out. Well, I think this is a situation with James. James is just going through his book. The Holy Spirit's inspiring. He's like, and all of a sudden, this saying from his brother pops into his head. Have you ever said, oh, my dad always used to say, or my grandfather always used to say, or my uncle always used to say? This is one of those moments where James is going through this thing, and all of a sudden he goes, well, you know what my brother always used to say? Don't swear by heaven, and don't swear by earth, but simply your yes be yes, and your no be no. Okay, thanks, James. That was random. But that was something I think that his brother, which is the son of God, put on his heart. (coughs) Excuse me. And, G- and Jesus said it in his sermon on the mount. Now, it's interesting that r- you can almost see James's thought process. This light bulb came on, and he remembered what his brother said. And instead of just saying it, what does James say right before he says it? Above all. You know what I've noticed about above all with me? I tend to put sins and say that they're above all, the ones I don't do. Have you ever noticed that about yourself? Oh, that's an above all sin. Christians do this all the time. Churches do this all the time. And I'm guilty. And this one, like I told you, hit me right between the eyes. Because, you know, I was born on Saturday in church on Sunday, and I was growing up, I grew up in a very proper household, and we did not swear. So swearing was this above all. So if I heard people swear, or if I heard Christians swear, I'd be like, shame, 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 you're swearing. Because I just didn't swear. I just did, wasn't part of my vocabulary. And it was this awful, legalistic, judgmental, 
awful thing where I put it above all. I remember like being in high school, right, and being with Christians who swear, and I'd be like, wow, you're not really good at this following Jesus thing. What? Right? I remember being in high school, I played football, and then a bunch of kids thought it was funny to try to get me to swear. Right? They're like, oh, come on, church boy, say a swear. Say a swear, church boy, you can do it. Let's hear it, church boy. And I'd, you know, in my funny, witty self, I'd be like, well, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be damned for eternity. They're like, oh, well, great job, church boy. Give us a real one. Give us a real one, you know? And, and so I made it above all. Can you think of a sin that you don't struggle with, that you have judged others and made it above all? What I love about the Bible is the Bible does not make above all the sins that the church make above all. Let me say that one more time. The church tends to make sins above all that the Bible does not make above all. But the church, talking to me, is guilty, guilty of the sins that the Bible says above all. Here's one pointed right at Marcus. Here we go. So this is the sin. James says, above all, do not swear by heaven or by earth, but simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Where, what is he talking about? Hey, have any of you kids, cross your fingers, have any of you kids ever crossed your fingers and put them behind your back? You haven't done that? Well, then don't, I won't tell you about it. Oh, 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 I have, I have, oh, now, oh, wait, were you guys answering no with your fingers behind your back? No, they're good, they're good. How many have know what I'm talking about when you cross your fingers and you put them behind your back? You say something, right, and you're like, oh, cross my fingers, you know, right? Well, what in the world? Where did that come from? You know what's really crazy about that? Have you ever thought about where did that come from? Or like now we do like cross your fingers for luck, you know, cross your fingers for luck. It actually came from Christians way back in the day that were persecuted. And they were persecuted. And just like in the locker room, my friends from football were like, come on, church boy. Come on, give me a good swear. Let's hear a good swear, church boy. That's not that big of a persecution. But there are Christians back in the day that were super persecuted. And you know what? There's Christians all around the world today that are still persecuted, meaning real persecution, where they take you out of your home and they say, do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? If you say yes, we will shoot you. If you say no, we'll let you live. And as you can imagine, that would be a really difficult situation. Well, back in the day when these Christians were being persecuted, do you believe in Jesus or not? They would cross their fingers put them behind their back and say, no, I don't believe in Jesus. And this was a symbol of the cross to say, Jesus, I still believe in you, but I'm scared out of my mind to say it. Isn't that crazy that that's where we get that from, right? That's where we get that from. And so actually Jesus is talking about this, but he's talking about it in James 2 before that actually happened. That crossing the fingers would come hundreds to a thousand years after Jesus, of the persecution of Christians. But during Jesus' day, it was actually way worse. See, in the Old Testament, it says that when you swear by God, you're making an oath, right? You're making an oath. Kiddos, have you guys ever wanted to stay up later than when mom and dad said you had to go to bed? Who has? And has any of you guys said, 
I promise, I pro- I promise I won't be whiny in the morning. I promise I'll wake up on time. I promise I'll be really good if you just let me stay up later. Has anyone said, I promise, I promise. Well, that's what James and Jesus are talking about right here. He's saying, listen, how about you, adults? I've asked these guys, but how many have you, have you said, Officer, I promise, I promise I'll put the cell phone down next time. I promise I won't do that again. Officer, 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 I promise I won't come through here at 57 again. Officer, officer, I I promise I won't park here again. I promise I was coming right back to my car, right? Do we do the same thing? That is what James and Jesus are talking about right here. See, because the pastors and the ministers of the time had twisted the words of the Old Testament. The Old Testament says, don't promise. Don't don't do that. That puts yourself in an oath. And it sets yourself up for going 57 in a 45 again. Right? Come on, you know yourself. It sets you up, kiddos. How many have said to their mom, I promise I will be good in the morning, and then they let you stay up, and the next morning you're like, I'm so early, I don't want to go to school. How many have been guilty? Guilty, me too. The Bible's saying at night, don't say I promise, I promise. And the people, in the pastors in the Old Testament had done this little twist where they stopped promising by God's name. And so they wouldn't say, I swear by God that I will fill in the blank. They would say, I swear by the earth or I swear by heaven. So that way, if they didn't do it later and someone's like, yo, dude, you didn't uphold your end of the bargain. They're like, oh, I didn't swear by God. I swear by heaven. Remember, I said it. It's this. It's fingers behind my back, right? It's fingers behind my back. And I am very guilty of this. Let me explain. I have this problem where I really want people to like me. I really want people to think I'm cool. I want them to think what I'm doing is awesome. I want them to think what I'm up to is great. And so I sell. Boy, can I sell, right? I've been told that I can sell ice to Eskimos. I've also been telling this really weird one. I was told one time I could sell ketchup popsicles to white glove ladies. What? Yeah, that's a weird saying, but that's what I was told one time. But I can really take my language and I can make it colorful so that I am hoping to get something from you. I'm hoping to get a dopamine release in my head because you like me. Or you say something about what I'm doing. And you know what? I like it so much, I'm willing to tell white lies. I'm willing to spin it just a little bit. I told you you're going to have a front row seat to the Holy Spirit working on just me. Because that might not be you. Because my wife, this, this message is not for her. She couldn't sell anything. But it is to me. It is to me. 
And maybe that's what you're at right now. And James said this to me. The Holy Spirit popped it into his head about what his brother said to him and said, hey, don't swear by heaven. Don't swear by earth. Meaning, don't say white lies. Simply, Marcus, trust in me that I love you, that I've accepted you. You can then let your yes be yes and your no be no and let what happens, happens because you trust me. See, Marcus, you do this out of fear. This is what's so beautiful about the Word of God. This is so what's beautiful about the Holy Spirit because when I hear this, you know what I hear? I hear, don't, Marcus. You don't do the shame on you, Marcus. That's not at all the message. The message is my heavenly Father going, oh, Marcus, why do you have to do your frilly talk thing? It's not convincing anybody, pal. And he's also going, oh, Marcus, you do it because you don't trust me. You do it because you're trying to take your destiny, the future, or your satisfaction with the dopamine into your own hands, Marcus. And you're going to always come up short, pal. You'll get close. I've gifted you with the ability to spin a story. And oh, that's a bummer. It's actually harder because I'll get close. It's no different than what James was talking about. For us wealthy people, we'll get close to satisfying us. And that's the worst thing that could ever happen. I'll get really close to getting you guys to like me. And that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Because along the way, I've lost my faith and hope and trust in Jesus in the process. And so that is what James is talking about. And I love it. And that's why he said above all. And I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit brought it to his mind to remind Marcus, when I'm going into a situation, God's given me the gift to sell. That's okay. He's given me the gift to communicate to you guys through stories so it's relevant, so you understand it in your language. But he's not given me this gift so that you would like me and think that our ministry is cool. He's given me this gift so that you would put your faith, hope, and love in Jesus. I'm just a signpost pointing up. You are the same way. He's given you gifts as well. Might be your wealth. It might be your logic. It might be your health. It might be all kinds of different things. Oh, good. Amen. He's given that guy a gift of... Anyway, James and Jesus are serious about being careful. Well, this is all there. I'm going off. I like it. About putting our faith, hope, and love in Jesus. I've kind of gone all over the place. It's the problem with a pastor outdoors with ADD. I love it. But does this make sense? Do you guys kind of tracking with, with me? I hope that you do not hear God's word in a way that says shame on you for doing wrong. I hope that you hear God's word today in a way that says, oh, I'm so sorry that you've been trying to do it your own way. Man, that really stinks. You look exhausted. You look let down. Would you turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace? Jesus, I ask today by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help people like me who feel like we have to take into our own hands how people feel about us. That we feel like we have to take into our own hands with our frilly speech and our fun language so that we can 
I don't know, control the outcome of a situation. These are all things that we do, Lord, out of bondage from, from trauma, from when we were younger, from, from incorrect belief of things that have happened to us. And so we take, we take control, we take the charge, and we go forward in doing things, and we try to sell things, and we try to promise things that we just can't. And we end up short every time. Help us, God, not to resist you because of the shame we feel, but to come and confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that you are Lord and that God raised you from the dead and that we can be saved from ourselves. Thank you so much for this truth. Thank you for your brother. Thank you that he put his faith, hope, and love in you when he met you after you resurrected from the dead. Thank you for filling him with your Holy Spirit that he would pen these words that 2,000 plus years later we'd be sitting on top of Loon reading your brother's letter and it would remind us that we can trust you with everything even when we have bad news that we have to tell our parents, even when we have bad news we have to tell our spouse, even when we have bad news that we have to tell our boss, that we don't have to sell it. We can trust you. We can confess. We can be honest. We can be real. Thank you for your word. We love you, God. Thank you for this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.